Welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Michael. And today's episode is episode number 34, and we've got my mom on the podcast. We're going to be walking through her experience on Wonder of the Seas. Let's jump into it. Well, we're super excited to have Mary Sincata, my mom, on the podcast. She's the woman that got me super excited about cruising to begin with, and she's got tons of experience traveling, and so we're excited to talk about that as well. You know, she's actually here, not under maybe the best circumstances. I'm actually getting surgery tomorrow, a little accident playing pickleball, but uh, excited to actually have her on the podcast. This is one that we planned on doing, at least with her or my dad, but it worked out that she was in town. So we're just going to kind of walk through her experience on Wonder of the Seas. And they just got off a seven-night cruise on Wonder from Port Canaveral, heading to uh, Puerto Rico, Coco Cay, and St. Martin. So mom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. So happy to be here. So mom, you've traveled, you know, quite a bit. You know, we've got a history of every time we bring on a guest, we want to hear just, you know, why do you enjoy traveling? You've done a lot of trips over your years. Maybe just tell us a little bit about why you enjoy traveling and maybe what your favorite trip has been outside of cruising. Oh my gosh, there's been so many fabulous trips dad and I have taken. So really hard to kind of narrow. Definitely um, Cabo. We love Cabo. We love all of our West Coast trips, um, Hawaii, Palm Springs, Montreal, Canada. There's so many. Really just, you know, repeating our trips to the, our most favorite places is what we enjoy. Awesome. And so how many cruises have, would you say you've been on? And you can talk a little bit quickly just about your experience cruising. Gosh, I will say probably right now 25 total. You know, it started with your Grammy's 80th birthday, and we were on Enchantment of the Seas. We were in a nor'easter, so it was a little bit rough. So if you weren't really seaworthy, probably wasn't the best best trip for you. Um, but we kind of fell in love. We loved that everything was right there. Um, you know, the beautiful ocean, you're like on a giant, beautiful floating hotel, great restaurants, and you get to meet a lot of fun new people. So that's kind of when it all started. Awesome. So like you mentioned, actually, I think I maybe mentioned it a couple of times on the episode, you guys live in South Carolina, just outside of Hilton Head. So the nice thing about where you live is that you're able to now commute to the port. How was that commute down to Port Canaveral and how was getting on the ship what was it on a Saturday? Yes, it was Saturday. And I have a cardinal rule, which is, you know, always be near the ship the day before your cruise. I can tell you countless times we have encountered people that for whatever reason, whether it was a delay via vehicle or air, where they have not made their departure on a cruise. And so I am just like, I am unwilling to take that chance. So I think get down there, whether you drive, you fly, you take a bus, train, whatever you get down there, you have a really lovely dinner with the anticipation of getting on your cruise, you get a good night's sleep and you're right there. Port Canaveral is within four and a half hours of our home. So it was very easy drive, you know, left late afternoon, had a great dinner and Got an, an early an early bedtime, and we're just so excited to get on the cruise. Port Canaveral during COVID was a little it was a little rough in comparison to other ports such as Miami, which is of course quite a bit larger and a little more fine tuned for volumes of people. I have to say that this last cruise I was super impressed with the way that they handled 
the amount of people, especially getting on Wonder, it was very smooth. You know, a lot of people get the key. Uh, there was there was a time during COVID where they weren't really sure how to handle the key people, meaning you know there should be a separate line because after all, you're paying for the key. What is, what is the value of that? Well, one of the perks is that you have, you know, um, early boarding and, you know, preferred boarding in, in, in a sense that you had a separate line. Well, back during COVID, that wasn't really being honored. Now they escort you, they, they recognize key guests. And um, I thought it went extraordinarily smooth. Again, it's not a huge port. But as far as access and getting there and getting, you know, getting on the ship, much, much faster than it had been previous cruises. All right, so you just got on board Wonder. Now, up till a couple of weeks ago, Wonder was the largest ship in the world. What was the first thing you guys did when you got on board? Oh, that's a super easy question. So always, the very first thing you do is get a glass of champagne or your favorite beverage, and you cru- you cheers to a phenomenal cruise. And that's that's always our first stop. Right after that, it's a quick sip because you need to immediately secure your reservations for your your journey. And Frank, my son, and I, we, you know, we we learned that the hard way. Um, you know, they're they're hoping to fine tune those reservations so at some point we will be able to do that prior to cruising. As of right now, that has not come to fruition. So immediately after your last sip of that bubbly champagne, you rush to get all of your reservations for specialty dining and shows. And as soon as you can get there, the better. And now we giggle at all the people that are just walking around in awe of how beautiful the ship is while we're saying, excuse me, we're trying to get to make our reservations. So that would be the first thing we do is secure all of our reservations for the entirety of our, of our journey. All right, so you just finished your first drink. You secured the reservations, which, like you said, especially on ships this size, is real critical to do, just since, like like you said, some of the shows are limited capacity, same with the specialty restaurants. Where did you end up going to get food next? I think Frank mentioned to me you went to the Mason Jar, which I know when I was on Wonder was one of my favorite venues overall. What did you think of Mason Jar compared to some of the other dining venues on some of the Royal Ships? Mason Jar was wonderful, relatively new to um, all of Royal Ships. Definitely a different concept with the live music right there in the restaurant. I love that they take advantage of the windows. You know, something that changed after we went into Oasis class was that, you know, you have Central Park, which I happen to absolutely love. However, all of the restaurants are without a, a beautiful view. And when you go back in, in time and you think about, you know, um, when specialty dining first started happening on, on Royal Caribbean, it was, you know, chops. Well, they had phenomenal ocean views. I mean, just spectacular. Um, so they kind of have the best of both worlds with, with Mason Jar. I mean, it's a new concept. You have um, the, the views, which you don't have at most of the specialty dining. And then they added this, this live music, which I think, you know, everybody enjoys. So even if you are not choosing to dine there, or you just want to get a feel for what the vibe is, you can go in, have a, have a drink and listen to the band. They were fabulous. And it was always pretty crowded when we were there, but comfortable. You don't feel like you are packed in there. It was, it was a very, very nice addition. Yeah, like I said, Mason's Jar was one of my favorite restaurants when we were on the ship. But there are a couple things that I think really makes this venue stand out versus some other ones. Like you said, live music. I feel like most ships you have like the pub and Schooner Bar. But Tara and I really love country music. So this quickly became one of our new favorite places to hang out in the evening. 
listened to Brian James and the rest of the band at the time. And secondly, like you said, the drinks here. This bar by far had the best bourbon and whiskey selection, and then had some great drinks, and many of them you can't get anywhere else on the ship. So I know like one of my favorite drinks was the peanut butter and jelly old-fashioned, which I know I've been trying to perfect here at home ever since. So even if you aren't sure if you want to do a meal here, the bar area in the evening is a great place to you know grab a drink, hang out with friends, listen to some country music. But glad you guys had a good time here, and I'm super excited that they're bringing this back to Utopia in the future, and hopefully some other ships. So, Mom, you finally you know, got your food. Like you said, you did all the things you needed to do the first day. Eventually, you probably made your way over to your room. What did you think of the room? Any big differences you noticed in terms of you know, wonder of the seas versus other ships that you've seen on Royal Caribbean? You know, we had a junior suite, which is probably my most favorite cabin um, because of the closet. I'm a girl, so we have lots of stuff. So ocean view, of course. I will definitely say, so some technical upgrades. So for your cell phone and and cords or wireless devices, they had that built into the lamp next to each side of the bed which sounds silly and simple, but it's, it's pretty awesome. If, if you are traveling with a friend and you have the beds separated and you're two twins, it's always, you know, one person's close to the outlet and the phone charger and one isn't. So this eliminates that problem. I thought that was super wise. I mean, I guess it would be hard for Royal to keep up with all of the technology changes, but I thought that was a huge, huge improvement. Decor, definitely a a little sleeker design. Um, The bathrooms, I feel like, had definitely upgrade in tile, definitely fresher and brighter. But overall, you know, the the size is roughly the same, but definitely a little brighter, a little different in the decor. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, mom, that you made about about the the chargers, right? Like even now I just, you know, you get the new iPhone and it's like everything's USB-C. So what are they supposed to do? Like go and like change all of the USBs to USB-Cs? I think it's a great point that, you know, they're trying to keep up, but they're also very weird, like aware that, you know, the technology keeps changing. They, every year they're changing the way that the iPhones are charging and everything. So, but it is cool. Like you mentioned that they added a bunch of that and they are making the the rooms even more sleek and kind of well thought out and where they place things. And they're doing that on icon and hopefully they carry that over to utopia as well to close out the Oasis class. So on one more note, something really kind of interesting. So for, for, people that cruise often, you know, if there is a day at sea where it's just a little bit bumpy, you know, nothing extraordinary, but in the closets, you can hear the hangers clanking together. And I've often heard fellow passengers, you know, comment that, oh gosh, the hangers that all night long, I heard the hangers. So interestingly enough, they added a rough area so that the hangers now stay in place. They don't move. They don't cling to get, you know, clack and cling together. So I thought that was really interesting. It's a little harder to navigate your clothing when you hang it up to move them, but they're kind of stuck there. So they don't, they don't crash back and forth if there is a little bit of, 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 of waves that night. Yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, real smart move on their part to kind of add that takes out the, I mean, nobody wants to be woken up in the middle of the night to the clinging of the clothes hangers throughout the night. Now your first two days on the ship were sea days. Now, like we've mentioned, you've been on many Oasis-class ships up to this point. What did your typical sea day look like? How was like the crowds around the ship? I mean, obviously, like the different neighborhoods are for crowd congestion and to kind of help spread out the crowds. How were your sea days? Great question. So we usually like to start out in the morning with a nice walk at the track, around the track, rather. Just get up in the morning, get that sea air, and, and, and do a couple miles on the track. Then, of course, try to plan for 
you know, a little brunch or a breakfast. So I love Central Park. It's one of my favorite places. You know, we don't have small children anymore. And, you know, because it, it houses most of the specialty dining, you don't see a ton of kids on Central Park. Because again, there's just specialty dining and of course, Park Cafe, which is one of my favorites because it's, it has the grab and go, you know, there's no service, uh, table service there, but you can find anything from an egg sandwich to a yogurt parfait, some cereal, a bagel with locks. There's just, there's a little bit of something for everybody. And very rarely is it congested. There's very, very rare where you see a ton of people there. And again, there are not a lot of small children because there's just nothing up there that would interest them. You know, it's not the boardwalk. So um, we would, of course, grab some breakfast or um, a specialty coffee and then just take our time to kind of plan out our day and decide if we're going to do a little bingo or do some trivia. I enjoy the spa there for sure. So I'm always for sure getting the blowout. So I get three blowouts on a seven-day cruise, which I highly recommend. It works out perfect uh, on a seven day to get three. You don't have to wash your hair and and use your own blow dryer and and get the room all hot. So you are able to go and just get your hair done, which is perfect for formal nights. So I make sure that those those appointments are secured and uh, we just kind of explore. Definitely hit the solarium, one of another favorite place for us. Again, back to the no kids. Don't think I'm anti-child, but I just it's great to go and read and you know, it's a little bit more, more chill. You don't have the the music. Of course, if you want the music, you just walk outside the door and it's right there. So, um, I would say that the pool areas I think is still a struggle for Royal. A lot of people are just not using the best manners and, and letting their chairs go when they should, you know, there's plenty of chairs quite honestly for everybody, but if you know, you're not going to be at the pool, why throw your stuff down and take a chair, you know, just, let everybody have a chance to get a chair. I don't think they've really come up with a great way to police the people that just, you know, leave, hold their chairs all day long. But for the most part, we didn't have any, any trouble finding a spot either in the, uh, by the pool or the solarium area. So you talked a little bit about breakfast. What did you guys normally do for lunch on the sea days? So one of the great things about sea days and, and food, of course, Windjammer for a lot of young families where, you know, you have so many varieties of food and you can be up there and kind of everybody can get what they want. If it's a burger, if it's, if it's Asian food, whatever it is you want, it's, it's up in Windjammer. Not my, not my go-to for me. Um, so I love sea days because it's an opportunity to take advantage of lunch at specialty dining. And even if you don't purchase the dining package and you want to, you know, kind of try out um, a specialty dining restaurant, that's a perfect time. Go for lunch, you know, check out the vibe, you know, see if you like the menu. And um, of course, it's not, it is not as much money as, as a dinner cost would be for specialty dining. So again, it's a great time to just, you know, go and enjoy lunch at one of the restaurants during sea days, because those are the only time specialty restaurants serve lunches on sea days. So we usually try to hit, hit at least two of those. Yeah, that's a great point. You mentioned that hitting specialty restaurants during the sea days for lunch. Now, I know you mentioned you have the unlimited dining package. I know personally, I've only done the three night and really enjoyed that. But like I said, haven't done the unlimited one yet. How was the specialty dining on the sailing? Did you have any restaurants stand out more than usual? And then what ended up being your favorite restaurant on the sailing? Okay. Well, this, this is a great question. So I usually do purchase the unlimited dining 
again, because you can take advantage, like I said, prior to the C-Day lunches, et cetera. My favorite for sure is 150 Central. Can honestly say I've never had a bad meal or bad service at that at that particular specialty dining restaurant. So you know the orig- original specialty dining restaurant was Chops. That was the premier, the only real specialty dining restaurant. Enchantment. If you go way back to one of my first cruises, that was it. I mean, again, you know, it was very good food. Very different now. I would say. That probably is my least favorite restaurant now, which is kind of a shame. And I've spoken to a lot of royal people, you know, people at the front desk and and, and officers, food and beverage officers, and and they kind of share my my sentiments in that I feel like they, of all the menus of all the different restaurants now, as far as specialty dining, that is definitely one that needs to be looked at. You know, now when you order a baked potato, it it's a teeny tiny little baked potato. The steaks, I don't think they have enough variety in the, the steak offerings. So I think it needs to, it needs to stand out. It needs to be something special. And, you know, I feel like 150 accomplishes that. I think Wonderland accomplishes that, even though it's a themed restaurant. I mean, it's something different. Again, then you also have the Izumi, which if you have a group, it's always fun to go and have hibachi. And that's just great for, for a group of people. But I guess, again, back to, the one restaurant that I think needs to kind of be reinvented is Chops. It has to be something special, something different, and I don't think they're achieving that at this point. So I would definitely have to say overall it's 150 for me. Um, it is the most consistent, most diverse menu. Um, I love the ambiance there. The staff is amazing. You know, I have to also point out that not too long before Wonder I was on um, Harmony, and I was with some friends. And I have, at that time, I wouldn't say that overall the specialty dining was phenomenal. And I was kind of perplexed by it. Like, why? Well, think about it. I referenced the fact that you're on this beautiful, you know, floating hotel with, with great restaurants, great views, but it's often the staff. I mean, if you ever go to a restaurant one night and the food is fantastic, and then you go back a week later and it's not great what's, what's different? Well, sometimes it's just, you know, changing of the crew. It could be a whole different crew in there. You know, um, they're, they are on for six months at a time. And then a lot of the crew, you know, you're getting new people coming in. So maybe it was just an off, you know, an off time, but I will say wonder nailed it. They also brought in, um, a lot of staff that were very seasoned from other ships, such as Harmony, Symphony, and funny thing is a couple of them recognized me and I recognized them and I couldn't believe it. I said, oh my gosh, you were on Harmony. So I think they work hard at uh, making sure transitions on new ships are smooth and that they bring in really seasoned crew to make sure that th- these new ships have you know, the best experience. Yeah, I think the, honestly, we've done the Unlimited Dining together mom and i feel like it's so fun just like every night like you mentioned you there really are like almost seven different options i can't list them all out here on the top of my head but there's so many different options you can pretty much eat at a different restaurant every night if you really wanted to and then you can kind of double down on the ones that you really like i know jamie's italian is, is one of my favorites in the fleet i don't think they have it on wonder but they've got giovanni so you know that is definitely a different a little bit of a different menu So you also had the chance to dine at Coastal Kitchen. What do you think about Coastal Kitchen compared to the quality of the specialty restaurants? I personally love Coastal Kitchen. 
If you get a junior suite, that is the minimum suite that allows you to actually have dinner at Coastal Kitchen. So a grand suite and above, you you have unlimited opportunity to go to Coastal Kitchen throughout your cruise. Junior suites, they say you may go to dinner if they have availability. I need to tell you that I have never not gotten into Coastal Kitchen with a junior suite. I've always been able to secure a reservation. Um, I am a Diamond member, and often I will have um, the Diamond representative at the Diamond Club, you know, make the reservation for me. But I've never had a problem. The service is incredible. The food is outstanding. Big variety in menu. The cruise that I referenced earlier, um, as far as specialty dining on Harmony, that was the only time. And I'm not calling out Harmony again. It could have just been at the time, the crew that was, there was one time soon after COVID that it wasn't on par. That was the only time that I've ever said, ah, that wasn't the best, but wonder was off the charts. It was fantastic. Service was amazing. They couldn't, they couldn't do more to make your experience better. And I feel like that's, that's kind of a lot coming from mom, if I will say, cause she does, she is like a culinary, I would say expert, uh, I know I'm a mama's boy, so people are going to laugh and say, oh, you always love your mom's cooking. But I think, Michael, you can vouch for me here that she's an incredible chef. So her yep. her opinion of restaurants, it, it, it goes a long way in terms of her recommendations. People always ask her for her advice on things. So awesome. Glad to hear that that culinary-wise, food and everything w- w- was really nice on, on uh, Wonder. I do want to add one little piece about wine. If you are a, you know, really into red wine, you know, take advantage of the fact that you are allowed to bring in one single bottle of wine per person. So that's two bottles. You know, it, it, you, if you get the drink package, you know, they do offer definitely bottles of wine. You, you get a percentage off. I think it's 20% over a hundred. Unfortunately, a lot of their bottles that I would like are over a hundred. So it's not a huge, big discount. And since COVID has, is, is gone, that there are definitely more variety in, in red wine prior to that, you know, with supply chain, they were very limited. So take advantage of the fact that you can bring that wine on and enjoy that. But as far as white wine and, and rosé and even, even, um, champagne and sparkling, I think they do a very good job making sure that they have some of the favorites out there for people that enjoy a good glass of champagne. Yeah. And we talked about it last week too. Vintages in Central Park, the wine kind of spot there. They also have some different options that you can't find in other spots around the ship. And we enjoyed drinking some of that wine as well. And I'm excited to have, like we talked about it last week. Was it last week? Yeah. Bubbles on Icon is going to be great to have just like a spot in Central Park where you can grab champagne. They've got, you know, the free kind of cheap options where you don't have to, you know, really use your additional cash to pay for the drinks. They even have Dom on the on the menu as well and then some different cocktails. So I'm personally excited. I'm not a big champagne drinker, but I think it is cool that it's just a quick grab and go. And it honestly looks really like looks gorgeous in the park. So I'm excited about that one. So Going away from the sea days for a bit, let's talk about your destinations. So your first stop was St. Martin. What did you guys end up doing in St. Martin? Oh my gosh, love St. Martin. Probably one of my favorite um, my favorite islands. You know, that's why I tend to favor the Eastern Caribbean cruises. So I this last time we went to Cocoa Beach, which is on the French side, Orient Beach. 
lovely, um, great atmosphere, very open air kind of concept. They actually have beach chairs and beach boys, um, French beach boys. What's, what could be wrong with that? So they will serve you your lunch at your little beach area with your, your lounge chairs and your umbrellas. They have a, a full service restaurant and bar. So if you just want to come and enjoy lunch, the food is fantastic. Seafood, you name it. It's again, French cuisine. Or you can have lunch and then go enjoy the beach um, with the lounge chairs. There is a separate charge for the lounge chairs and the umbrellas. It's very, very minimal. Highly recommend it. I mean, just a wonderful afternoon. So that is probably one of my first choices. Looking for something a little more exciting, a little more, um, a little more fun, so to speak, not as quiet. Um, Rainbow Cafe and Grand Casse is fabulous. Um, they have a live DJ, great sushi. Um, they also offer beach chairs and the water's a little calmer. Orient Beach, you know, you're getting the winds, so it's a little rougher, but Grand Casse is very, very lovely and water's a lot calmer. Again, you can go for lunch, live DJ, or you can just enjoy some time um, in some lounge chairs that are by the water. Yeah, I think one of the things that we did a lot growing up too, besides the the beach uh, clubs for a day, was we did the uh, the boat tour, and we did that through Captain Bob. So you can actually go and just type in like Captain Bob. I think it's like Saluga as Saluga. So you can Google that for St. Martin and it's, you know, basically he takes you around the entire island and, you know, you get to do some snorkeling, you get to see the planes land at Maho Beach, but you're not like actually in the sand whipping you in the face. So it's kind of like a nice view from the ocean. And uh, yeah, so it's a great little tour. I think it also includes lunch uh, as well as, you know, some beer and different beverages throughout, you know, throughout your day. And then you're snorkeling. And I think we even saw, you know, sea turtles last time me and Scotty did it. So if you if you're not interested in staying on land and you want to kind of see around the island and kind of get the kind of more I guess educational because you you do hear a little bit about what it was like during the hurricanes and what living on the island because you can just ask them any questions you want that is a good tour as well. So your second port stop now was in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I know this is personally one of my favorite ports. I've been here twice now. I really enjoyed exploring just the old San Juan area in general, so, you know, seeing all the different colorful buildings, visiting the fort, grabbing some pina coladas. There's even one part on the island where it feels like there are like hundreds of birds and you can throw them food. Super neat experience. If you haven't been to old San Juan, it's right off the dock. It's a super walkable place, but I know there's more to do outside of just old San Juan. So how did you guys end up spending your day here? Well, we actually went to Dorado Beach and we were enjoying our day at the Ritz-Carlton Reserve, which is just unbelievably beautiful. Um, again, the, the surf is rough. It's definitely not someplace you're going to enjoy being in the water. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And so we wanted to explore that, that part of Puerto Rico. Frank, Frank's dad, my husband, he grew up going to Puerto Rico in the summers. His father traveled there for business, had a company there. So he spent a lot of summers in Puerto Rico and he had not been to Dorado in a very long time. So we, we decided to trek over there and it was well worth the trip. You know, there's just to what you said, Michael, there's so much to do there with the rainforest, the fort, just exploring San Juan, old San Juan and taking in some of the local culture and the, you know, the food and the drinks and shopping and the people, um, not, not anything bad to say about Puerto Rico. It's always a great stay. So your last stop was Coco K. I know you've been here a lot. What did you guys do at Coco K? What did you think of your day at Perfect Day at Coco K? 
Well, it was extra fun for me because my husband, your dad, had never been to Coca K since they have redone the whole island, so to speak. I mean, he had never, last time we went, it was the old Coco K, very primitive. And so he was just amazed at the transformation. I mean, absolutely blown away. So we were unable to secure Coco Beach Club passes, which I has, that's never happened to me before. I actually never saw them listed on the website as an option. They didn't say sold out. I just never saw them, which very unique. That's the first time. Um, so we opted for South Beach beach beds. And first time for me, never, never took advantage of that. It was unbelievable. Absolutely great. We checked in. We're escorted to our beach bed for the for the day. We had a beautiful, be- very close to the water, beautiful view, nice breeze. And, you know, the beach beds are actually pretty, pretty good spacing. You're not right on top of people, but absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. Would do it again. Frank was just amazed at the vision that Royal Caribbean had for Coco Cay and to see it all come together. And I feel like um, Hideaway Beach, it was not quite open when we were there. I think that is going to be absolutely phenomenal because, you know, when you talk about the Oasis Lagoon, it's great. And it's great the concept of having a swim up bar and having everybody in the water and music playing is is so much fun but keeping in mind that there are a lot of families with kids around that lagoon area so i feel like hideaway beach is going to be such a great opportunity for some of the you know 18 21 plus young a little bit younger crowd to go over there and party the afternoon away and kind of free up some of Oasis Lagoon for some of the families because everybody was kind of congregating there. And so if you um, are trying to get to your child, you may have to bust through a conga line in Oasis Lagoon. So I think that conga line is now going to move to Hideaway Beach. So everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, I think Frank can agree. We're both looking forward to Hideaway Beach Club here for his bachelor party in about a month. Should really be just a great time, like you said, just party in the afternoon away. So originally you were given this cruise by Casino Royale, right? So this was one that you earned through your casino play and you decided to upgrade it. But do you kind of want to talk a little bit about the casino perks and how they're kind of different from the normal Crown and Anchor Society? So yes, so this was a a casino that I earned on a very fun girls trip. You know, people get confused with Casino Royale perks and Crown and Anchor. They're two very separate things. Crown and Anchor is strictly the amount of points you use while you are on a cruise. So typically it's two points, you know, for suites and a point a day for a regular room. If you travel alone, that kind of opens up a whole different door. At some point you can get, you know, triple points, but again, they're totally separate. So I thought that the casino on Wonder was, again, beautiful, fresh, new. I felt like, I don't know if they they announced that they did anything as far as air purification. I will say that I felt like the smoke situation was much better on Wonder. They also added doors that slide um, so that the casino is shut off from the rest of the ship with these glass doors that open upon entrance and exit, which I thought was great. So it kind of keeps... It keeps people that don't want to be in there out unless they absolutely have to walk through to get to one the other side of the ship. As far as the non-smoking part where they added the non-smoking casino, 
gosh, I think that was an epic waste of money. I, I peeked in there. There's very, very rarely many people in there. It's a very limited area for slot players or table players. It's most of the time you're looking around and everybody looks bored to death in there. So I think they could have spent that money, um, elsewhere. Overall casino atmosphere. Um, one crazy thing is they, they put the cashier kind of in an awkward spot. So it's in order to stand there, it's kind of like in the middle of a walking area. So I'm not really sure what they were thinking. That was a little different the way that they had that set up. So a lot of people were not happy of the fact that there were these lines and it was very difficult to navigate around that. Lots of new machines. Um, table play is pretty much the same, but you know, overall, there was all, there's always a good crowd in there. I, you know, didn't spend a lot of time in there. I was traveling with my husband and we had lots of other things we wanted to do. So definitely went through a couple of evenings and it seemed to be a really good crowd. Yeah. I think you're actually, you're absolutely going to love the casino on icon just based on what we've seen. You know, what's really cool, Michael, that we've talked about it. One of the things that I really like is the escalator that takes you down from the promenade, which is really awesome. And then also one thing that I really liked, which they have in Vegas, is when you're sitting at the bar, there's the machines that you can do at the bar. So you don't have to like, you don't have to leave the bar to go to a, a slot machine. You can do the ones that are kind of built in to the bar as well. And then there's just a lot more seating in there. You know, the bar itself looks really nice and it's huge. It's definitely the biggest casino that they've ever put. And I think they've really made it like the center of that deck and it, they've kind of gotten rid of some of the other things that are normally down there to make the casino even bigger. So I, again, I'm not, like I said, I don't play that much in the casino, but I'm really looking forward to playing on icon personally, just to use that space and enjoy it. So, so like all good cruises, they have to come to an end at some point. So you made your way back to Port Canaveral. How was this embarkation in general? How did it compare to kind of some other ports you've sailed out of like Miami? How was the experience overall? It was a great experience. Well, as great as the last day can be you know, two, two parts to a cruise, the best day is the first day, the worst day is the last day. So we were not in a hurry since we were driving. And so basically we said, look, you know, years ago when you cruise, people would have breakfast and kind of take their time. And now as, as you know, and people that cruise a lot, they want you off the ship. The cruise is over. Thanks for coming. Now please leave. So they're really helping you along. And, and I feel like they've got it down to a science now where they, they give you your disembarkation time, very easy to, you know, wait at your waiting area. They don't, so that everybody's not filing into one line that wraps around the entire ship. So if you just follow the rules and wait for your time, it goes very smoothly. We were off, we were in our car, I want to say by, you know, 845. So amazing. I mean, again, if you are one of these people that do not believe in getting a passport, I'm so sorry for you. I mean, that's, that's a shame because your line is definitely longer, but if you have a passport port and you are going through facial recognition, stick with your time, follow the rules, you get off, you're off so quickly. And even with, um, Port Canaveral being slightly, you know, smaller or much smaller, quite honestly, than Miami, I felt like it was very well organized and, you weren't stepping all over people. You know, if you're on a higher floor and you, um, you know, are coming down the elevator, of course, that can be problematic. Do the old go up to go down trick, you know, but ultimately it, it, everybody was orderly and we got off very quickly. So just maybe overall in terms of the service, dining, itinerary, your room, 
you know, would you say this is your favorite cruise you've ever done? How would you kind of rank it in terms of your other 24, 25 cruises you've been on? Well, as you know, I'm getting ready to go on Icon. So, but I will say as of right this moment, Wonder hits the top of my list. You know, once you go Oasis class, it's, it's hard to go back for me. You know, everybody, I guess, has their list. Maybe people like, like ships that are a little smaller. I think people believe that if it's smaller, it's less crowded. Not true. I never felt crowded on Wonder. So definitely for right now, definitely top of my list. Um, I would say Wonder Symphony Harmony for me. Wait till I get back from Icon. Can't wait to talk about that. Really looking forward to that. I was just about to say, we're going to have to get you on here because you're going on it before me and as well as Michael. So I think we'll let the fans decide. You guys let us know if you want, based on this episode, I think Mary's got a really great take on cruising and she definitely has... (laughs) different experiences than we do. So we would love to have you back on if, if you're willing to. And, you know, we really enjoyed this one. I, it's fun having your mom come on, who's kind of taught you how cru- how to cruise and kind of full circle moment. So really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on the podcast and we look forward to having you on again. Thanks for having me. Well, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview at Frank's Mom Mary, all about our recent sailing on Wonder of the Seas. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can submit them to the question and answer box here on Spotify, DM us on Instagram. And if you're ready to book your next cruise, Frank and I would love to work for you as your travel agents. Shout out to all our current clients. It's been super fun getting to help y'all plan your upcoming cruises. So if you're interested, fill out the job form link in our Instagram bio or underneath in the show notes here on Spotify. As always, we appreciate the continual support each week. We hope you all have a great week and we'll see you back here next Wednesday.